amidst a financial crisis akin to a financial 9-11, it is time once again for the program that comes to you from both ends of the spectrum of Gitmo Nation. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak up here in Gitmo Nation Northwest, Pacific Northwest to be specific, ah, Washington State. Studio B today. Studio B. Yeah, you sound okay. This is just on the headset, right? Yeah, I know. I don't have any gear here. Uh, well, John, let me ask you a question. Do you feel the bottom yet? <laughs> Do you feel that it? That was the bottom. <laughs> no, please. Oh, please. That was not the bottom. Well, I, why did it, you know, it was just the bottom was 10,000. I've said that a million times. <laughs> and it. And I actually expected it to pass through to, uh, you know, 98 or something like that, but didn't. And it just, you know, it was just about to smack it. And then it just said, well, I think this is close enough. And that now we're on an upswing. I must say I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed your, um, what do you call it, random podcast with Andrew's, uh, Andrew Horowitz. Sullivan? Uh, Horowitz. Yeah, Sullivan. Andrew Horowitz. Horowitz. Yeah, that was good. That was uh, You guys uh, really got down to some good stuff in that about the uh, the financial markets. Yeah, he's cynical. I mean, he's like you are about the your bottom, you know. Yeah, uh-huh. I could tell. That's why I, like that's why I liked the, it. <laughs> most of the brokers that I know who are in the, the business, they're all, they're all singing the blues. And then and then when the bottom is, like, saved, you know, with boom, you bounce off of it, They and the government, you know, turns this into a socialist country, uh, then they complain. I, it's, that's baffling to me. I'd actually take it one step further. Uh, and I know we're just kind of jumping in the middle here, but uh, I looked up the definition of, of a fascist state, and I think we're pretty close to it. Isn't this when... Oh, uh, corporatism, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, when, when uh, the, the corporations and the government basically collude. Uh, in this, But in this case, it's not the government taking over the corporations, it's the corporations taking over the government. But I think the result is the same thing. It's uh, it's uh, It's been baffling to me. How we can let yeah, this, how we well, can let no this happen? Will come of it. Yeah, but you know, so besides the stock market, which I agree, you know, sure, it's uh, it's going to go up, you know, mainly because you can't bet against it going down, <laughs> effectively, with the uh, the ban on short selling, or at least the ban on short selling of financials. But uh, that ends October second, I think. Yeah. Right. That's when you're going to start to see the bottom. <laughs> that's that's when it'll yeah. come rushing up at us. I don't think so. Really? You, I mean, you, you don't think that this has a, a been a, I mean, a complete beginning of the destruction of the of everything that uh, makes America's economy work? It's a base, a base for the future. Really? And you, you're really that optimistic about it? For the next year, yeah. <sighs> Man, I, I see this in such a different way, John. I really do. And actually, to be honest about it, even though I don't want to sound like a communist, uh, we've had to do something with our with our financial structure to deal with the uh, with the uh, Chinese because they, think because they own, they own so much of us. Is that what you mean? No, it's, well, that but no, they have they run a kind of a corporate. Although it's, it's done in it's, it's in reverse, they have their. Um, 
government, you know, telling corporations what to do more than we do. Mm-hmm. We have our corporations telling the government what to do, but it's the same. There's a, there's this a collusion between the government and these companies that uh, we don't ha- we did you know that makes it hard to compete with them because they they'll have the government uh, bail out. Uh, there's companies that are screwed up, and we've never done that before because we believe that technically, if a company, you know, because we we talk a big game about uh, free enterprise and capitalism, we believe that the company's run by a bunch of boneheads who are raping the shareholders and stealing the money and pocketing it and buying houses in Gestat. Uh, we believe that if the company fails, that these people should be run out of town or run out of business or should go broke themselves. But if, but uh, a more corrupt system, which doesn't allow for that, seems to be what the Chinese have. And uh, so I think we're mimicking it. But all, but you know, I mean, I'm I'm really struggling with this mainly because I've been talking about something like this happening and it actually taking place, and now I'm trying to understand what it all means. But you know, these these all these measures and these bailouts, that's that's, but that's not to save anything in the real economy. I mean, yeah, it's maybe saving the auto industry is one thing, but this is just saving uh, guys who are pushing paper around. Yeah, I know it's 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 hilarious. Well. Uh, you don't hear me laughing. <laughs> I'm, I'm re- I'm, no, I'm shell. I'm I'm almost shell shocked. I um on Friday I went to um I went to Amsterdam uh, for a number of reasons, and I'll tell you exactly what they were. And honestly, one to go get some physical gold. I told you I, I was going to do that. And and I, and by the way, do you know what a bar of gold weighs? A lot. Twelve kilos. Yeah. How Twelve much? How many bars? Kilos. One. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did, did the plane take off? <laughs> <laughs> we barely, barely made it off the ground. But that's twelve kilos. That's huge. That's, I, I thought it. I thought it was a little more. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, well, anyway. So, so let me get this straight. You went to to Holland uh-huh. and made this pod show. Delayed the pod show a day. I might add. Yeah, of course. And uh, to pick up a twenty-five pound bar of gold. Yeah. Amongst other things, I also um, I was invited to a party which had been planned well in advance, but turned out to be a very in- the timing turned out to be really interesting of um, the private banking division of Mace Pearson, which I've been uh, I've been a client with them for ten years, and uh, they were bought up by Fortis um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, oops, <laughs> exactly. And uh, so, but the party still went on, and uh, and I was the only client, I might add, that showed up to the party, the only one, uh, and it was, I mean, people were just, dude, they were like shell-shocked, and the stories, <laughs> the stories they were telling me, it was, I mean, it was, they, the past two weeks have been so horrible, uh, just for them business-wise, and, and, and they, I don't think they even believe that, uh, that they're going to, that they have any type of future. Everyone was pretty much like, well, that's it. You know, it's over, done with. Forget about it. And uh, They felt this way because they thought that the government now will be running the finances and they are out of business? No, they felt this way because um, of the enormous outflows of cash. 
So, you know, they're, uh, yeah, so, you know, they, they manage, uh, private individuals and also like nonprofits and, you know, they, 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 oh, I see that. So people are pulling, it's like, for example, clients might be buying bars of gold instead of giving them. That would be one example. They'd be like, why don't you can buy the gold? You can, it'll just be on paper. Like, no, no, that's not the point. We can do that too, but (laughs) I I actually want to have the physical gold. That was not easy to arrange, I'll tell you. Uh, that's because they don't want anybody having the gold. No, of course not. But it's also not easy to obtain, is what I found out. And they were like, hey, mm. "You should go buy diamonds." And like, I, I don't know shit about diamonds, and and that's a that's not a very easy market. That's a that's a cartel, you know. That's De Beers, right? Yeah, that's show. No good. Yeah, that's exactly. I don't yeah, like, you can go into any you know kind of uh, old west honky tonk bar, and you got the gold. You know, you can get a drink. So what I do that with diamonds. So what then I also did is I spent some time uh because the the actual the equivalent of the FDIC guarantees in um in uh Europe are a little different. They're significantly lower, I might add. Um so I think per account it's they insure twenty thousand euros they insure one hundred percent of the first twenty thousand euros on deposit. And then ninety percent of the second twenty thousand. So was that thirty uh, thirty eight thousand combined? Mm. Um, but you know, this like where are you going to go? You've got Fortis, you've got ABN Amro, which oh, by the way, part of that bought by Fortis, part of that bought bought by uh, Royal Bank of Scotland. Um, they only have one, one other one, which I really like, is the the Rabo Bank, which is uh, it's not publicly listed and uh, it's a cooperative. So they you know they have. Hundreds of uh, of small banks all across the country, and they're open on Saturdays. So, <laughs> so uh, almost, I don't think there's a bank in the United States that's not open on Saturday. Oh, oh it's, it's very atypical for uh, for the Netherlands to have a bank open on Saturdays. Very uh, atypical. Um, yeah. So, but I was just, you know, I, I'm I'm just amazed at uh, at what's going on. It's. Uh, People are, you know, the money markets are are now also, you know, returning negative uh, negative equity, money market funds. Yeah, well, that's because yeah, that was uh, uh, that one. I think we talked to if you if you listen to the first Dvorak Horowitz. No, I didn't listen to the first discussion. One. I didn't. I didn't we hear talked the first about one. that. Oh. Yeah, mm. back up to the first one. But anyway, so I, I, uh, I mean, f- forget about. Uh, uh, By the way, stuff. anyone who wants to listen to that stuff, it's on Dvorak.org slash blog. Yeah, do you have an RSS feed for that? Are you going to do more? What's the deal with it? I think it's an outstanding conversation. I really like well, really it. Well, the RSS feed exists. Yeah, it's all a prelude to this book that I have to finish. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I'm laying the marketing groundwork. Yeah, okay. And Horowitz and I are actually going to do a little thing together, which is going to be to dissect Yahoo Finance. Oh wow! Because he can answer the questions I, that I have to, that I've been asking around, like for example, um, if you take if you have a book value of three billion dollars mm-hmm. and an enterprise value of two billion dollars for one company, and you have a book value of three billion dollars and an enterprise value of three point five billion dollars for another company, which is the better investment? Oh, okay. My head hurts. Yeah, no, I know. It's just like, you know, <laughs> no, that's that's that goes. Did, no. You know, I know because I've always asked that question when I look at these numbers and I say, well, does that mean this is better than this or that? And he's going to explain it. Right. He, right. The guy's amazing. Wait. Anyway, so um, um, 
We'll probably do one or two more of those before the I shut it down. Before the uh, before the big crash, exactly. No, the big crash is, you know, that's we got a year to go on that. You know, I don't think so, John. Well, uh, okay, m- maybe it is a year, but can I just play out my scenario? What I, first of all, what w- what has been done here with this uh uh and I guess they announce it tomorrow, the uh what do you, what do they call it? The Resolutionary Trust Corporation? <laughs> <laughs> the Rev- the Revolutionary Trust Corporation? <laughs> Resolution the Resolution Trust. Trust Corporation. Yeah. Um, so basically, everyone gets to put all of their bullshit in there, and uh, and and the only the only ways to actually pay for that or to be able to afford it is by either well, I guess one of three scenarios, uh, maybe four: collecting higher taxes, uh, printing up more money, borrowing more from China, which I think is pretty much out of the question, or complete. Collapse. Right. I think the last uh, alternative is is not uh, is to be avoided. Right. But how can you avoid that? I just don't see how it can. Ha- you know, it's like a deflationary crash, which we tried to avoid with uh, a buyout that I you know and you've been talking about this for a long time, which will be hyperinflationary. Yeah. And yeah, it, just, it, could it, it just buys us a little bit of time. Yeah. If it and that's bad. If you're in a sinking ship, you want some more time. You yeah, don't right. want the thing to go yeah, to the right. bottom in two seconds. No, I understand that, but no one else understands that. The, you know, Joe Public doesn't get it, and you know, and and no, and there's one other element here that everybody seems to overlook. Okay, and I've I had a conversation on the plane coming up here, uh, Virgin America. By the way, they should be sponsoring the show, um, and uh, I sure we sure as hell seem to be sponsoring Virgin. Well, you in particular, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, really. They should cost some of that money back up. We keep mentioning them fondly. Uh, Richard Branson. You know, we have to start slamming it. Maybe that'll work. Well, Branson's now going to buy uh, Gatwick Airport, so he's he's busy. You're kidding me. Yeah, it's up. Well, it was it's up for sale because BAA, which is run by the Spaniards, I might add. Um, you know, all <laughs> senor. the yes, senor BAA. Get on the plane, <laughs> please. Put ticket and passport. Um, so, you know, they own Stansted, uh, Heathrow, and Gatwick. And, and and all three airports are shit. Um, I haven't actually tried Terminal 5 yet, but we know they had plenty of problems, which was attributed to BA, British Airways. So, uh, they right. had, to, so they've been broken up essentially, and it's for sale for two billion dollars, uh, two billion pounds, four billion dollars, or actually a little less now. Um, what, and, the BAA? No, no, not BAA. Gatwick is for sale. Just that one piece they have to, they have to spin off. And so immediately, well, you know, Richard Branson is just the brand and he has these huge hedge funds that, uh, that's, you know, that sit behind, you know, behind him. Right. Or, or he stands in front of them, I should say. So, uh, that, that would be interesting. But, uh, I don't know if anyone, uh, would put up two billion. I don't know if they can even get that type of financing in today's, uh, situation. So he's working on some sort of a deal. Yeah, well, that's what the Financial Times said. Financial Times, by the way, I went out and got the Saturday Sunday edition. There is not one. Yeah, there's like two or articles about sports, and one of them was about uh, the owner of Newcastle United, who just lost three hundred million backing HBOS, the bank, which was just uh, taken over by uh, Lloyd's TSB to avoid the financial meltdown in the United Kingdom. Uh, but everything else is all about. This financial crisis. Nothing else in the paper about anything. Anything. So what did you learn? 
What I learned is that this is just the collapse of a like a, a multi-level marketing Ponzi scheme. And uh, I and I <laughs> yeah seriously and and I think it's uh, it's going to take everything down. I think it's going to be really really serious. You know because you don't think it's serious already. Yeah no, but I, I don't think it's hitting people yet. I don't think they understand what it means. I mean when when you're when you, when markets collapse, I mean we need markets e- even just to uh, you know for our food to get transported. You need all kinds of uh, financial markets to make shit run. And 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 when that all comes down, and, and you know they're probably going to close markets, and you know try and make up new regulation to you know if, how is shit, how is business going to going to be done? That's what I don't see. Well, I, I think, think there's, the a, there's a real there's the a whole... real risk in that. There really is. I think the whole basis for this is to get the housing market jump started. Oh, you see now this that's interesting you say that because there's a couple things that that I'm picking up on and so here's the general uh, here's what the public is being taught. And I learned this from Sarah Palin who and I'd want to talk about her specifically cuz um been paying attention to her as well. So the message going out to the average American which I would say is 99% when it comes to, you know, understanding this type of stuff and what it really means and what they're fed through corporate news media um is uh, this problem was created by short sellers, bad guys, bad, bad, going to stop them, <laughs> which uh, is the, I read a great, great quote about this. The analogy of, uh, of banning short selling is the fire department, fire investigators investigating a number of arsons by, um, you know, and, and then saying, okay, we're going to stop this. We're going to ban the sale of matches. Um. So that's the the main message is that this was done by uh, you know rogue traders, bad bankers, short selling shouldn't have it, shouldn't be done, and of course the real blame is being put on uh, homeowners. You bad homeowners, you lied on your application. It's all your fault. And this and no no one better than Sarah Palin because I've been studying her man. Wow, did the Republican Party do a great job by getting her in? You know what? Now I know why she didn't do an interview for about two weeks after the uh, after the convention, is because she went to the George Bush uh, training school of uh, uh, repeating the talking points. And she and if you listen to her, she sounds just like George Bush. Not not in the voice or anything like that, but she's she's spitting out the talking points in the simplest way by saying, and she and she talks really fast. Well, of course we've got the financial crisis. We had bad traders, bad bad practices. Got to regulate that. And she's, she's just like George Bush, only faster and prettier. <laughs> have you have you listened to her? She's and, and you know. And then it's like, well, did you see the um, uh, the Saturday Night Live skit about you? And she, and she's already been trained to say. So what they told her to say was yes, tell him you saw it, you loved it, but you didn't actually hear it because, of course, she can't respond to any uh, any of the what was discussed in that skit. And 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 if she's asked about policy, then all she has to say is, uh, of course, John McCain has the right policy for that. John McCain is gonna is has has all the policies on the table. And she says, oh, yeah. well, yeah, I saw it. It was fantastic. I love the skit. I laughed. Well, I couldn't actually hear what was being said because I had the sound turned way down. But, boy, I, I really loved it. Miss Palin, could you uh, play um, uh, Tina Fey on Saturday Night Live? Absolutely, <coughs> I could. You better believe I could. And she'll be on, too. You can count yeah, on it. Absolutely, and, she's, and she is an actress and a really good one. Well, here's the thing that got me about that. Now, you're her... And you know you're out of, just in out of Alaska, 
and you sound like you're from Minnesota, yeah. And you you're you're somehow sitting around, or you've heard about Tina Fey on a national television show is going to imitate you, and you're and you're gonna you're and gonna, you're gonna, gonna keep not the sound keep the sound out. I mean, how about what that for a bold place lie? There, what? It's, that's an out and out lie. Yeah, of course it's a lie, but but that's because I don't care who you are. Even though even if you know they're going to slam you, you're going to if it's going to be Tina Fey doing a comedy act, you have to see what the, she's saying so you can at least be upset about it. So, uh, gee, that's a revelation. A liars, <laughs> politicians. politicians. Wow, huh. wow, that's a big one. That could happen. No, but, but anyway, so that was that was uh, pretty lame. But pay attention but yeah, to no, her, I've, John. Pay attention. Heard, she's passing on the talking point, the, the the talking points. Just beautifully, in very short, understandable Joe Blow bursts of sound bites. It's awesome yeah. with it. It's awesome. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do. No, the problem with Obama is that he doesn't keep track of the talking points, so he, he he's, he's always going, uh, uh, he's thinking and yeah. making <laughs> these Berkeley-like sounds, um, yeah. um, uh, but, uh, but, you know, you but, but going through the list. Yeah, of, of which one to which one to pull up? Um, um, yeah, well, you know, you can see when John McCain uh, when he said uh, the he alluded that the fundamentals of the economy were strong, and then you know the the press jumped on that. I guess the press being maybe CNN jumped on it, and uh, and then they gave him new talking points and you know for him to explain what he exactly meant. And you can see him looking down at his cue cards the whole time, bumbling around, trying to read the line, still look kind of comfortable because there's no teleprompter. One of these kind of like stump stump speech uh, scenarios. It's just they're, they're actors and they're not writing any of it. They don't know what the hell to say. They're not in touch with anything. Not in touch with what's going on. They don't even have time to read a newspaper except for the headline. Let alone listen to the sound of the skit. Right. <laughs> hey, look, I'm on television. I haven't got time. Ah, for I don't want to hear it. Ah, shit. Who cares? But she looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Actually, that was a pretty funny bit. It was great, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't particularly insulting by any means. It was actually quite funny. Yeah, it it, uh, it worked. Yeah, I thought it worked. So. um it's and she a, did that thing. The thing that she did the most, which I, because I was annoyed by this. And apparently, Tina Fey, who's a fairly good mimic, she does a Donna or a, a Condoleezza Rice that is absolutely yeah, spot uh, on. Spot hilarious. On. Yeah. But she did that thing with her mouth that uh, Paley kept doing, which was either <laughs> it's like it's like a putting your lip up, yeah, your lower lip up above the upper lip, and then I guess wiping your teeth with your tongue while your mouth's closed. It's kind of like it, a like a MySpace uh, picture pose. Yeah, so so Tina Fey was just const doing that just constantly. <laughs> mm -hmm. This this funny looking um, thing that she does. Yeah, it was very good. Which is not attractive, by the way. Palin, somebody in Palin's camp should tell her to stop it or wear better lipstick. Because the only reason you know a lot of women get into the habit of of cleaning their teeth <laughs> with their tongue yeah, yeah, because they get lipstick, lipstick all over their teeth. teeth. Yeah. And um, she's wearing her hair down now, which I like. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <clears throat> we didn't actually see the transition, but, uh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> what a circus, man. What a circus. Anyway, so here's what I predict will happen, John, if you don't mind me just going out on a limb, because uh, you're much more positive than I am, I think. 
But um, I, I see uh, the market moving along. Um, I see this uh, RTC getting put in place, and I see October 2nd, they take off the short-selling restrictions. <clears throat> it takes about a month for shit to start barreling down. We go into full-blown crisis, and the elections are postponed. Oh, brother. That's, I think that's a very feasible scenario. And it won't be, it won't be because the, you know, the financials are, are dead. It'll be because food's not rolling. Elections are postponed. All right. Well, that's a you good think, theory. Think, Keep a track. Think, People out crazy? there listening. You think that's crazy? Uh, people out there listening, take a note, please, because I can't, I've, you know, we've <laughs> said stupid things on the show before. You think And nobody stupid? documents it. Well, and the two of us. It's all a matter uh, of history. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. The two of us are too lazy to ever go back and ha- or even take notes while we're doing the show. So I'll, so it'll be some vague reference six months from now. Yeah, didn't you say when everybody you were like two old men? So I want the public out there that listens to the show to do a you know to somebody out there's got to be some guy out there that just likes to document everything besides Bubba who does a good job with the notes, but he's not going to go back and give us the no, history. But, but, pe- but no, 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 people are documenting this because they've all called me on my two hundred dollar barrel oil, which of course is because you keep calling me on it, which I've seen. Oh, you mean that- the, were you bought into that bullshit? Like we got pretty close. We got to almost one hundred and fifty. Well, sorry. Yeah, come on. But, but anyway, so yeah, I said, all right, I'm wrong. But now, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to write it down to 60. And okay, if I'm well, wrong, what, I'm wrong. That's all right. Okay, here's what I think is going to happen then. If you're going to make the prediction that the the, the the key element of your prediction is that the elections are going to be yes. postponed. Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Okay. What's okay. going to happen is kind of what, what you're seeing. You're going to there's going to be a hesitation around. Uh, the, the day that the uh, short selling is reinstituted, but it's probably going to just be a, a blip. And then, but people are going to know there's an election coming and things are going to change because the administration is going to be swapped out. The election is going to take place and everyone knows what I think is going to happen, but it doesn't make any difference. Either guy can win. And whichever guy wins, the, the stock market starts to, starts to take off. And, and it'll be on that uh, within the, a week. People reevaluate everything, and they're going to, you know, say if it's Obama, oh, he's got all these experts, he's got the economic experts, he's got a new way of doing things. The Democrats have had a lot of prosperity under Clinton, even though he's more of a Republican in my way of thinking. And then this thing's going to skyrocket. Same thing with McCain. Oh, good, the, the Republicans, at least we don't have to worry about the Democrats screwing things up, so things are going to skyrocket. So the market is going to rocket. And, and here's the basic premise that i always have yeah, but, about you're, but you're the, talking about the market john the market is one thing i mean the market can do whatever the fuck it wants to do but what's actually going on is what's happening to the econ the real economy and the wealth of people and the value of their money i mean the, yeah the market yeah yeah okay. no i'm just saying but I'm, when i say the market i mean the, well, but, the stock market yeah, but, plus but, but, the but you know what economy it, gonna... it's taken me 48 shows to understand that when you talk about the stock market that way that, that doesn't actually have anything to do with what the actual economy will be doing yeah i know we'll still be in the toilet but people there'll be more jobs and the the housing market will recover the value of things will go up and the value of the dollar will probably improve and everything's going to be rosy and the reason for that is and this is what i was trying to say earlier which is that you can't really have an economic collapse the way you're describing it why not because the public's not involved enough 
the only time you have an economic collapse is when the entire system, and I'd be a little cynical about this, and people think, well, you're just kidding, as usual. But I think that if you look at the way these things work, it's never the guys at the top, and we, we see some evidence of it with these these creepy executives who, you know, took two hundred million dollars a year out of their companies while they were losing money. Uh, until the public at large is invested into the market, where it's their money, where they they're the end the, the end result, the, the suckers at the very end that are suddenly back in the market. And we haven't seen that for a while. I mean, they were in the market in the late '90s when it tanked. You know, they were heavily in the market in the in the in the 1920s when it tanked. They were in the market in the late '60s. I remember my parents bought some stock for, in some dipshit company in the middle of nowhere, out of the blue, in like in 1968 or 1967. You know, I'm a little kid, but they're they're going. Uh, oh yeah, we had to buy the stock because my sister-in-law is working for this company and it's going to do this and that and you know it's like they never owned stock ever but now they're buying stock mm-hmm. so until that so you have to have to set up the, the the game has to be set up in such a way that the public at large jumps into the market pushes this thing into some ridiculous highs i'm thinking dow jones thirty thousand, by the way and then you pull the rug out from under and everybody's out except the public they're the ones who take it in the shorts you know, this is like the you know everything else that the public is screwed over with, like the like lotteries, for example, where you get where they only return fifty percent of the money. But who mm-hmm. buys those stupid lottery tickets? It's the public. You know, so every state now has some lottery, so every dummy in the world can like give their money to the government freely. You know, they like it. You know, they like to gamble. You know, and they, maybe they can win the right. ten billion dollars. Right, right, right. uh, it's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's it's hilarious. Okay, but so following on, so that hasn't happened. So there's not going to be any collapse. Okay, well, I just see it differently. I mean, I I I think it, I think the collapse of these, uh, uh, you know. Look, every 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 company, every public listed company has all kinds of debt, and you know it's just I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't. I see it more as a as a direct hit to um, you know to well a to the value of of the dollar, which they can only keep you know propped up so long. It's going up, and uh, you know the I think the pension funds you know those are pretty much wiped out. Yeah, that's the public. They, they they don't you know they won't get their pensions. But, but what I miss is the outrage. You know, if if we can spend, I guess it's going to be at least a trillion dollars, maybe much much more than that. How can we couldn't fix health care with that kind of speed? You know, that's what that's what that kills me. <laughs> the hell is I still that crack all about? about that. We can throw a trillion dollars at these crooks. And we can't <laughs> do it. And we can't spend a couple of billion on health care. It's that's hilarious. Unbelievable. I mean, even the one hundred and eighty billion uh, for uh, um, what was I, I've lost track now. It was eighty five billion for AIG. Right. I mean, that, that could have fixed health care for a long time. I know we could have, you know, had we could have had colonies on Mars for this kind of money. But so, how come no one's? Am I, am I the only person that's like pissed off? No, there's a lot of guys that are pissed off, but they're all like you. They read the Financial Times. You know, it's just a minority of people. It's, it turns out to be inconsequential, unless there's riots in the street. Well, I, you know, why why wouldn't that happen? You know, they you know that they're now. Um, there are tent cities being built in every single major metropolis around the United States, and, and you know, don't think about you know like green, 
um, you know, like the green army tents. I mean, these are like commercial tents, you know, and these people just have no, have no home anymore. And they're just going to go live, uh, in a tent. I don't know of any tent cities around the San Francisco Bay area. Uh, there's one, I know there's one in San Diego. I read, I was reading that. Well, it's probably for the illegal aliens that came over. They need some place to stay. No, no, th- these are people like you and me who happen to have a tent in their garage. You know. And people living <laughs> in the garage. They have a garage, they stay in that. Uh, sorry. Because <laughs> they get kicked out of their houses. Uh, in hard know. times, tent cities rise across the country, and then they show a map. And this is a, this is a AP story from two days ago. A few tents cropped up hard by the railroad tracks, pitched by men left with nowhere to go once the emergency winter shelter closed for the summer. Then others appeared, people who had lost their jobs to the ailing economy, or newcomers who had moved to Reno for work. This is a Reno story. Oh, okay. And discovered no one was hiring. Within weeks, more than 150 people were living in tents, big and small, barely a foot apart in a patch of dirt, slated to be a parking lot for a campus. This is written by some novelist wannabe. <laughs> Why are they a foot apart? I mean, how much is if they're just building tents in the middle of nowhere in the Nevada desert? They could give themselves a little space. I mean, this oh, doesn't ring right when I'm reading it. <laughs> it is kind of a nice piece of prose there. <laughs> it's a little corny. Yeah. And that's only in Reno? It doesn't have any other places? No, no, listed? it goes on and I'll continue. Let me read another couple couple more paragraphs or another paragraph. Within weeks, blah, 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 it was building this homeless pot. It says, patch of dirt slated to be a parking lot for a campus of shelters reno is building for its homeless population like many other cities reno has found itself with a tent city an encampment of people who had nowhere else to go from seattle to athens georgia homeless advocacy groups and city agencies are reporting the more visible rise in homeless encampments in a generation. Nearly 61% of local and state homeless coalitions have said they've experienced a rise in homelessness since the foreclosure crisis began. Oh, it's, that's the reason. You know, does anybody remember Hands Across America? Yeah, I remember that, sure. That was supposed to end homelessness. <laughs> it was- are you telling me it was just a big scam? It didn't work. Crap. <laughs> well, it's not like it, like we don't have homlessness uh, in San Francisco, John. I mean, you you can't walk down oh, no, any but, street but without what's tripping new? I mean, over this, someone. This has been going on. This has been the the earmark of the of the entire eon, beginning in 1980. <clears throat> Actually, began probably in the 70s during the uh, economic crisis of that era. But it's pretty much established itself as a as a, just going to be here, you know. Basically, it's it's kind of medieval in San Francisco. There's so many homeless people that you have to pay toll, literally, like you would have to in the in the Middle Ages. And when you're crossing some part yeah, of when Italy, you're, when, you're, when every, you're walking down a certain block, yeah, you got to give this guy some money and that guy some money to get through to the end. <clears throat> I mean, it's not a lot of money, but you know, it's a basically redistribution of wealth. You know, a buck here and a buck there. You, you're the big spender. You give them five. It was funny. And, so I, I was outside this party um, in Amsterdam. I was going for a smoke. So I'm standing there. I'm looking at my mail and stuff. And uh, a guy walks by and uh, homeless. And he says, uh, you know, he mumbles something, whatever. I think he spoke German. And says, oh, I'll give you some money. So I reach my pocket and I give him a coin, which I wasn't quite, you know, I thought I gave him a, a, um, a two euro coin. 
And the guy comes back. He said, this is not real money. <laughs> it was a two-pound coin. And I said, well, it's two pounds. It's real money. Yeah, but I can't spend that. I said, well, keep it for good luck. Go away. Did he give you the finger and walk away? Yeah, he came back. God damn it. Came back. Came back. Yeah, this isn't real <laughs> this money. This is real this money, is dude. Money from England. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was in, um, I was, I think it was London, floating around. And some really guy with a sad story, some, you know, homeless, whatever, whatever you want to call him beggar comes up to me and uh which is something i so i gave him like a pound or something like that and i swear to god this a truck was driving by with a bunch of guys in it and they stopped and started screaming at me yeah because yeah oh yeah don't 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 give money to them yeah i mean they were really mad hmm. and i said wow but the british these guys are harsh over here you know has there ever has yeah, there ever been an instance in uh, U.S. history where the elections were postponed? Nope. Well, yep. maybe in the uh, 1700s, I or the early 1800s is possible. I mean, I don't know if there was even a firm date. Uh, that's a good question. As a matter of fact, I should know that, but I don't. But no, I don't. That, not in in modern history. Because there is all kinds. Of, there's all kinds of stuff uh, on the internet about. I guess some policy or something that the Bush administration has done to be able to cancel the elections. Here, now the Bush administration has let it known it's laying the foundations for the postponement and cancellation of the elections. Hmm. Yeah, this is this is a uh, this is a big uh, meme, right? I'm sure this is running. It's rampant. a crock of crap, is what it is. It is a meme. It's bull. I mean, well, they want to get out of there. You think? Bush doesn't look like a guy who wants. They're, they're, they're going to be, they're, you know, just they have to get out of there. They they're scrambling to get out. Hmm. I don't I mean, know. They don't, I don't think they even care who wins. I mean, the logic would. And, and by the way, if they postpone this thing for one day, they might as well just give the country to the Democrats. Well, they can't do that. Well. All I know is I think our founding fathers were very, 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 very smart when they uh, introduced the Second Amendment. <laughs> Seriously. So it was armed to the teeth. Well, it says it says right there to uh, protect the country from enemies from, what is it, uh, the outside and from within. I don't know. Does it say from within? Uh, I think it does. I think it literally says within. Well, that's that's, that's, that's why I like it so much. That I'm talking, we're talking, we're referring to the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. Because of course, if you only had one percent of the guns in America uh, take to the streets, that would be millions, uh, millions of guns, millions, and we could actually take back uh, what's rightfully ours. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms should not be infringed. It's not about enemies within. Are you sure? Read the whole I'm thing. I'm looking at it. There's got to be some fine print there. It doesn't. I thought it said. For, I I've always understood it said enemies from outside or within. It would protect it from evil. From no, it sounds like a. I mean, that's. Well, no. are you reading it or what? Are you, I'm looking at it, but I'm going to have to get the whole. I'm trying to find it. You're looking at the, the problem is it had two versions that went out. <laughs> what two versions this, of the Constitution? There was a. Uh, no, there's two. This is a Bill of Rights. A Bill of Rights. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was a version that went out that was passed by the House and Senate, and then there was a, a another copy of slightly worded slightly differently that was sent out to the states. Really, I didn't know that. That's interesting. So, which one is uh, valid? The, the difference is like the one or two words. It's not, it doesn't mean anything. But there's not. I don't see any enemies. I'm trying to find a. The text is simple, straightforward. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of the free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's it. Doesn't say anything about enemies from here, within and without. Okay, then I'm wrong. Then I stand corrected. No, it's everything's pretty succinct. You know, they don't go into a lot of theoretical reasons. <laughs> okay. Enemies within. <laughs> And in case anyone named uh, Bush is president, well, anyway, I can still hear you calling uh, Ron Paul a kook. <laughs> kook. And you may, and I you, like Ron Paul. Yeah, well, he's he's definitely been predicting a lot of this shit happening. He's He was Mr. Get rid of the Fed, investigate the Fed. This is all messed up. They've created a bubble. Well, I think he totally nailed it. We should have him on this show. He should he should be the guy calling the shots here. He he actually he's actually predicting stuff that's happening. We don't need him here with you on the show. <laughs> you know, here's something really cool or cool or interesting that popped up on um, on some of the aviation forums. Yeah, um, you know what a NOTAM is? It's a notice to airmen. And uh, they're issued, uh, a couple of people can issue them. FAA in, in America, of course, can uh, can always issue one. Um, but uh, certain air sectors, so, you know, um, a JFK could issue, uh, every airfield has no TAMs. And it, it just, you know, tells you different stuff to look out for. And um, you can also call uh, a temporary restricted area, TRA or TRS, which would be for space, uh, where, you, where you're not allowed to fly. And... Uh, uh, and what's interesting about this um, this no tam a no fly zone that was set up all along the uh, the coast of Texas, where uh, where Ike went through, there's a no fly zone there, and uh, no one knows who put it up, <laughs> which uh, which means it was probably FEMA at the end of the day, and so none of the news helicopters can get any footage. It's it's a really thin strip of land, right? It's, you know how if you look at the um, Ah, what's it called? What's that area called? Um, if you look at the the south coast of Texas, there's this kind of like Long Island strip. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, uh, Galveston. Yeah. yeah, Galveston's on it. Yeah. So that entire yeah. island is now a no-fly zone, and so news yeah. helicopters are not allowed to shoot any footage. Have you seen the pictures from that 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 were shot? Yeah, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing left. It's flat. <laughs> it's unbelievable. They literally flattened the place. But did Ike do that? Yeah, I think so. Right, I mean, what I, else would have done it? Well, I mean, uh, that's pretty devastating. Yeah, it's a mess. But then, but why? Why aren't uh, news helicopters allowed to fly over and uh, and 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 take footage? That's that's as far as I new. can tell. I, I think it, it's probably just some, you know, some bureaucrat for some reason or other, you know, uh, who knows? I mean, it, the, the problem is these things get into the system and then they nobody can reverse it because nobody knows who did it. Yeah. Well, you still there? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 looking at the uh what does it say? It says uh 
Reason for NOTAM to provide a safe environment for disaster response and relief operations. They didn't do that with Katrina. It's well, they got this. I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, it doesn't make any difference. They've got plenty of pictures, and it looks like crap. It's suspicious. And the, the place is just obliterated. And uh, I'll tell you, you what know, else is highly, uh, highly suspicious, John. We have had, since Friday, the most absolutely stunning weather. It has been beautiful. I mean, you know, almost no clouds in the sky, blue skies, nice and warm. It's the 21st of September. Right. And this weather is all of a sudden is beautiful all across Western Europe. And of course, I completely attribute that to the uh, switch off of the Large Hadron Collider. <laughs> I don't think it was ever switched on. Yeah, yeah of course it was. They switched it on on uh, September 10th. And, and, and that's when the weather it went. It didn't bad. work. No, no. But that's my when understanding the, is uh, we blogged it. There was a thing came out. It turned out that they never got to do the experiment. No, they haven't done the experiment, but they had, they were spinning it up. They were they were spinning in one direction, then the other direction, and they didn't get to the actual collision part. But the spinning it up, I mean, there's stuff going on with that as well. Do you have a lot of magnets around the house? Just you know that <laughs> magnets are magical things, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's magic in damn magnets. <laughs> there God. sure is. Yeah, you laugh at me. You laugh at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you get this stuff. From YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh You should look at some of that shit. And then so you got people... good weather. I like the way you just make the, the leap of faith. <laughs> no, it's not a leap of faith. Strange strange occurrence of actually nice weather no. in the British Isles, which is like rare in itself yeah. something worth yeah. noting well not, but not well, just not, in the british but isles but it can't be just the coincidence that the weather happens to be nice for whatever reason it has to be because of some man made you know hadron collider spinning you know the some magic someone sent me some, a, a scan uh, of the new york times i don't know the, you need to blog this <laughs> if you haven't seen this already the new york times new york. misspelled large hadron collider and made it late and large hard on collider <laughs> That's funny because I accidentally typed it in a post when I was talking about the Hadron Collider. I, I typed in hard on, which is easy enough to do. And uh, the spell checker had the little squiggly. I said, what? Oh, geez, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, I yeah, so the New York Times did it. But the New York Times apparently doesn't use a spell checker. No. <laughs> or, or, or hard on is in their dictionary. Particularly a large one. Oh, a man. large hard on. A large hard on. I'll, I got, I'll make that the album art. That was too funny. Way too funny. So, uh, man, we have it. Skype is weird today. How uh, you just have the headphone that you have nothing else, no mixing board because I hear myself coming back from time to time. Oh, that makes no sense. Uh, yeah. All right. What else you got there, John? You've been thinking about something besides uh, how to make a buck no, when, the, when the market the, goes the, out of control. I was looking at the Bill of Rights. No, everything is very succinct in here. Yeah, what does it say about who's in control of the frickin' money, huh? What does it say about that? It doesn't really care. But isn't, isn't yeah, does, isn't there something about the currency can only be uh, controlled by the government? Please tell me That's something the Constitution. Like that. Okay. Oh, okay. That doesn't really matter, I guess. No, apparently not. Little little booklet called uh, the Constitution. 
Well, anyway, there's not that many guy. I mean, the, yeah. Well, it depends on you know. The, 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 there's two schools of thoughts about the Constitution. I mean, one's the Scalia thing, which is that it's uh, uh, a fixed. Do- it's not fixed, but it's a document that, oh, has that is to, meant for to, interpretation over time. It's not meant for wild. It's not thought of as a living document that's changing, you know, when, with the time. So, you know, s- suddenly it's it. You can have gay rights or gay marriage when the Constitution, like Scalia will say that gay marriage isn't covered in the Constitution one way or the other. It doesn't care. And other people would say, no, the Constitution guarantees it, but it doesn't. I mean, it's, there's this the reason that people have to be, a, you know, the, whoever wins the presidential election is one thing, but there's a big concern that there's about two or, you know, there's always, especially if somebody stays in for eight years, which won't happen this time, but it can happen, uh, that they appoint, you know, these various uh, judges like uh, that that one woman you know, whose nickname is actually Kiki. Um, uh, a Supreme Court judge? Yeah, what's her name? Ruth Ginsburg. Ginsburg, yeah. Uh, she's like a, she's like a, communist i mean for all practical purposes <laughs> like a communist dude america is a socialist communist state now it's the end of it yeah well that's the irony i suppose although somebody should maybe sue them and then see if they can get to the supreme court i mean yeah it's it's, not, but listen you you're you're an old school american i mean they don't come much more american than you you know you like your cars you like your guns you like your money it doesn't this piss you off? Cars, man? guns, and money. Yeah, that's and and women and babes. But th- doesn't this piss you off? No, it doesn't actually. Why? I mean, you, you don't. What feel- pisses me off are these guys who walk away from these companies, and this has been going on for years. And it's very annoying. Guys who run companies into the ground. They don't care about the community whatsoever. They run the company in the ground. They rape it. They take the money as much as they can, give themselves bonuses for doing a lousy job, and then moving to Switzerland and not even paying their fair share of taxes on all this ill-gotten good gain. Uh-huh. See, I- that's what pisses me off, and that's going on constantly. That has to be, you know, I mean, well, you're the, you were the big defender of this some months ago. Oh, the CEOs, you know, people bitch about their pay, but they do so much hard work. I'm not talking about CEOs of financial companies who, who and and by the way, I think a lot of these guys, you know, hedge funds, it's all in fees and it's set up a little bit differently. But, you know, look, that's a game that doesn't concern me. It, I don't give a shit what they're doing. That's that's you know, that's not a, a company that makes actual stuff or provides anything of any real value. It's just so they can they go provide buy one the of those financing for people who do make real stuff. Ah, thank you. That's what I was waiting to hear. So this is why I feel bad. Not I don't you know. So okay, so they say stole money. They took a whole bunch of. Money. I don't really don't care. What's happening is all the real companies that make real stuff that employ real people. Speaking as an employer here, by the way, you know they get hurt. You know people get really really hurt by this shit. But maybe I'm yeah. just more of a socialist than you are. You might be. I mean that that's what really pisses me off. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm really, uh, I said earlier, I, I really feel shell-shocked by this. I just can't believe it. And the billions and the trillions, and it all starts to run together at the end of the day, and you kind of forget, right? And then, oh, this was so fantastic. You remember Nick Leeson? Does that name ring a bell? No. Well, it does, but I don't Nick Leeson it. was the uh, derivatives trader, I think, who brought down bearings. 
Oh, yeah, that's a famous guy. Right. Well, he's yeah, he was famous back in the day, so he wrote an excellent article in, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it was the, maybe it was the Guardian, I'll find it for you. And he said, you know, it's pretty amazing. I went to jail for six years uh, because I basically stole $600 million. Um, you know, I've been in all kinds of uh, programs. You know, my, my reputation has been, you know, ripped to shreds. And now we've got these guys who are responsible for a huge multiple of what I did. And they're just walking away with hundreds of millions of dollars. He didn't go all the way. <laughs> yeah, what's he's probably resentful yeah, but <laughs> what am i doing in jail well, look at michael milliken what you know this poor guy can't even trade stocks anymore and he was like a financial genius and he really didn't do much more than invent junk junk bonds and get involved with some a little bit of shady trading that the whole company was doing and he took the fall for and uh he must be irked all right, so let, let me. John, I'd like to get his take on this. By the way, we need to find somebody out there that needs to find Michael Milken's, you know, press secretary, and let me get a hold of him. It's the same press secretary as Michael Jackson's, I think. <laughs> w- weren't they buddies? Weren't Milken and Jackson buddies for a while? Not that I know, of, but yeah. it's possible. But no, I don't think so. They might. Uh, I think they might have been. Dang, I don't know. I don't. I don't see how that could even happen. Uh, okay. So, I just, I just really like to just pick your brain and just. You know, when you when you look at all of this debt, which the congressional what is it oversight committee or whatever, you know, feels should be on the books of the United States. I mean, we look. I mean, isn't isn't something going to happen? Aren't we just out of financing, John? Who's going to pay for it? Forget the stock market. That's not important right now. How about just but the money that America owes the rest of the world? How does that work? Does it just keep on going? Well, it seems as though uh, we're doing our best to keep it going forever. I mean, it's essentially, you, you know, it's like you, you keep borrowing money to stay. It, eventually, you have to pay somebody. It's a problem. I gotta find, I'm trying to find this, this list of debting countries. It's on one of the CIA fact books. Yeah. Uh, and they have a, the, the worldwide list of all the countries in debt and how much debt they owe. We're like so high. It's it's like it's if I find it, send it to you're going to go. Yeah, it's you just it's, you just go. Holy crap! It's, isn't, it, we, isn't it nine trillion? No, I mean the, there's actually something uh, we have it. According to this, is ten, but there's uh, <clears throat> there's another thing that's even more frightening list. While you're looking yeah, at that. Yeah, we're supposedly this, we're 10 trillion in debt. The, uh, this is uh, on some, I don't even know what this website hold is. Hold on, hold on. John, John, while you're looking at that, March 27th, 1993, Michael R. Milken, one of the world's most infamous financiers, claims to have the backing of Michael Jackson, one of the world's most famous entertainers, to form an interactive educational television network, a spokeswoman for Mr. Milken said today. Take, oh, well, you got me on that one. Take then. that told you yeah i, I remember yeah, them well, standing together remember these fresh show. things yeah well you know that's important stuff yeah 10 trillion i've got this weird site that shows all these deading I was, listening, I was listening to the bbc today on radio four and i heard them talking about for the first time i heard someone use the word quadrillion which i guess is a thousand trillion is that a quadrillion Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would think of a pedatrillion or something. Anyway, so uh, this is interesting. If we're $10 trillion in debt, what do you think the U.K., which has only a portion of our population, is in debt? 
Um, I'll bet you they're pretty high, man. They've got to be. So we're ten trillion. I'll bet you they're three trillion. Eight point three. Wow, really? Yeah, no wonder you guys are in the tank. Shit. Germany's three point nine. France is three point five. Italy's two. Netherlands one point nine, which is high for that little country. Spain is one point six, which is probably low for them. Japan one point five. Ireland one point four. And Switzerland. Why are they in debt? One point one. Well, they, they, they had their own financial crisis uh, years back, didn't they? They must have gotten out of it I somehow. Keep track of the, fin- of the, fi- of the Swiss finances. Um. Wow, eight trillion. Yeah, so you know, United Kingdom. You that sounds worse than R ten. That's pretty outrageous, and that's from like the CIA fact book. This is actually comes from a thing called Swivel, which I think is derived from the CIA fact book. But now, meanwhile, now those come. For example, now if you look at the countries that aren't in debt. And you compare the lifestyles, and let me just name a few. Um, Samoa, Solomon <laughs> Islands, Bermuda, yeah. uh, Etria, Namibia is not in debt. Belize is not in debt. Guyana is not in debt. Haiti, Haiti is in good shape. Hmm. Uganda, there you go. You want to go there? <laughs> uh, you know, Bali. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Have the Laos, home, have the home you movie. Know, Iceland's <laughs> not in debt, which is a nice place. Uh, uh, hardly, you know, a jumping pl- place, but wow. uh, Cuba, Morocco, you know, Vietnam, all these places. Oh, Vietnam is doing great. Yeah, actually, Vietnam, I think, is going to be a, uh, especially if McCain wins, because he's supposedly going to. He's going to go hook them up. Hey, thanks. Hook them up just so they can punish the guy that was beating him, I guess. <laughs> Sweden is uh, in debt to. 600 million is not much. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Denmark, 0.4. Well, over here, um, Gordon Brown is uh, in, you know, is under severe, severe pressure. And here's, I mean, he's a real dummy. I don't know if someone set him up for this or not, but um, one of his big, one of his big campaigning slogans, or uh, slogan is not even the right word, but he promised the British public there would be no more boom and bust cycles in the economy. It's like, huh? <laughs> you know, and, and now, of course, he's being called on it. But you know, isn't that how the economy always works? It's like you always there's a, you always have a, a boom and bust. I mean, it's just the way it goes. And now, and it's now business he, cycle. You can't do anything about it. Yeah, and now he's sitting here, and uh, they they just had their big uh, the big party, hoo how powwow, whatever. And uh, he said to them, uh, what will I do to fix the British economy? Whatever. No, three words. Whatever it takes. So uh, I think the British uh, populace is about to get raped some more. Whatever it takes. Can you believe that? Can you just believe the bullshit coming out of these guys' faces? (laughs) I think one of our guys said something stupid like that. But one of our know, guys eliminate the business cycle. One of our guys, uh, oh, you mean said something like that, like what Gordon Brown said? Yeah, I think it was almost identical. It was like the same thing. You, you know, somehow you're going to magically eliminate the business cycle. We're not going to let it happen anymore. It's like, how does that? How do you do that yeah. without having a, a communist central controlled <laughs> economy, which you call all the shots from the, some government office, and that we already know how that works. Yeah. yeah, you never have a boom and bust again. It's just all bust. 
Well, anyway, I mean, I I, I don't like it because I've got an 18-year-old daughter who, you know, is about to enter the workforce, you know, is about to, what is she going to enter, you know, what, what kind of economy, what kind of what kind of uh, non-prosperous times are it going to be? That just bugs me, John. I know maybe it doesn't bother you, but it, it sure still money. bothers me. Just give nothing, it to her. It has nothing to do with that. I mean, come on. Yeah, why don't you have her work for you? Yeah, but why, why are you so cynical? Why are you In the so, olden days, you? people had family businesses, and they weren't, you didn't raise their kids and say, well, I hope they get a job. They say, no, you're going to be a blacksmith just like the old man. Well, yeah, but, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're going to be a, an ex Do you have a daughter who's just a, like your a, old a, man? The, the daughter of a of a f- two f- relatively famous celebrities, depending niche, depending on the country you're in, because I'm sure that you're not as well known in Hong Kong, but famous celebrities that that Tokyo know Joe the, Tokyo Joe would uh, would have to argue against that, uh, John. But okay. Okay, well, it's fine. It's good that you're it actually there's, there's big money there. So you have this situation. It's, a, it's essentially a family business, a showbiz family. And now you're worried about your daughter getting a job as a secretary? You're kidding. Okay, well, I understand your point. But what you're saying is um, we are going to have to radically adjust um, the way we, whatever we do, I mean, just suddenly radically. Because of whatever circumstances have been created, which were beyond our control. That's the end. Yeah, no, I'm, not saying be that's not I'm just thinking you're disingenuous with this concern of yours. Okay, well, so I'm not just talking about her. I'm talking about all 18-year-olds. I'm talking about your kids. It's the same thing. Well, the, well, you know, so, great. Uh, Dad, can I, uh, can I join the family business of being grumpy and cynical uh, <laughs> as, a, as a profession? Please, many of them have please teach me. My help. Please teach me how to be just like you, John. I mean, come on. That's not fair. I'm just saying there's adjustments need to be made. Well, <laughs> yes, okay. All right. You're not going to get into it with me, are you? Not with that. I, I think it's not a it's not a legitimate argument, especially when I'm the one predicting the gloom and doom when it really boils down. Because I'm talking about a longer cycle, uh, a more impactful collapse. I'm not seeing what's happening now as as that meaningful. Okay, then would you please exp- explain how long is this collapse going to take, and what will be the end result, and when does life get back to uh, something fun again? I'm not saying normal, but something a little more positive. Well, <laughs> it's not a pleasant story. Well, that's okay, but I'm interested. You might as well. I mean, please. The way if it if the cycle is what it appears to be, uh, which I and, and pretty much I, I got to interject from time to time. First of all, you're calling it a cycle, so you're not you're not you're saying this is this is a cycle of how things go, and it's not because of a bunch of jack offs who want to f- ruin the economy and kill everybody. Exactly. Okay. So it's just a cycle. If the jackoffs weren't around, it would still happen. That's the the the, the truth that nobody, okay. or the the ugly truth that nobody wants to. Nobody likes the idea of cycles, you know, economic or otherwise. Even though they exist, seems to me the sun comes up at a certain time, you know, and it's right, yeah, not right. exactly the same. And, and may I, and may I day, point out, comes up and in, goes down. In your conversation with Andrew Horowitz, may I point out that you got awfully close, awfully close. To actually agreeing with uh, multiple theories about dates and time, you even at one point said these cycles. It, it's almost like the Earth is standing still, and then everything changes. You know that, by the way, is the 2012 uh, conspiracy theory right there. 
Yeah, whatever. So the 2012 thing is interesting because uh, it would be right at the bottom of an economic collapse or close to it. My year would be 2013. But essentially what we're seeing now is just nothing. It's just the kind of – that's why I don't take it too seriously. In fact, I think it's a good time to invest. And that's what I keep saying to people. You know, If you can get some mortgage money, buy a house now. You know, although I'd wait uh, a little, I would wait a little bit longer. No, you don't want to wait forever. So anyway, no, it'd be a ten-year downside. It'd be just like the Great Depression. It, you know, it's just a, a mess. Yeah. And seven, then you have a million, war at Seven the end million of it. people starved in America in the Great Depression. Yeah, there'll probably be more this time. Yeah, I mean, like actual starvation. Okay, so be yeah. all right, all right, all right. Okay, you're pretty light about that. Well, what am I supposed to do about it? Um, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. You get stuck with it if you're in the wrong side of the, you know, you get in a situation you can't get out of and you can't get food because there'll be food riots and uh, you're, you're, you're living pre- in you're, a city. You're, you're predicting this in uh, in the 10 year in the 10 year cycle, this downturn that's coming up, you're predicting food riots? Yeah. Well, this is the kind of stuff I want to get to, John. It doesn't matter how it's happening. The fact that it's happening, it's that's not happening now. In the next ten years, that's 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 here. It's so people can prepare. They can do something. The, would you think that gold bar is going to get you food? No, <laughs> but I'm also planting. Get somebody over the head with it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and then eat them. I'm also uh, uh, I'm also planting vegetables. I'm uh, doing all kinds of stuff. I'm getting a diesel generator. And I think power could easily in ten years' time. Yeah, I think power could go off. Oh God! You know these things always look worse. I mean, yeah, there will be food riots, but they're not going to be like they're not going to be like a, a barroom fight scene in a in a sleazy B movie where everyone's just punching each other and going crazy. I mean, these things are isolated. Okay. I mean, it's like the riots that took place in the late 60s. We had all the, you know, the Detroit caught on. They threw, burned Detroit down. And uh, there, was, there was a bunch of protesters that were burning down certain cities. They were burning down the ghettos. Mm-hmm. It wasn't happening in, like, you know, Fremont, California. You know, it wasn't happening uh, necessarily in, you know, Bellevue, Washington. It was happening here and there. And that's what, you know, downturns do. And it's, yeah, 7 million people. Over a 10-year period, starved to death. I, I, I'm assuming that's true. I don't know that any facts I don't, I don't, I don't have uh, This is just what I've heard. But just assuming. Let's just take it as a possibility. Uh, that's, what, 700,000 a year in a population that back then was, what, 120 million? You know, it's not even one out of 100 people. Um, unemployment was a little high, probably... One okay. out of so that means about thirty million. Thirty million work. people could starve to death during this next ten-year uh, cycle. Could be. Okay. I mean, let's face it. We're not we're kind of we're not equipped. I mean, the the farming business has become this big. You know, it's been become a a, a manufacturing business. We don't have that many self-sustaining communities that have small farms where you can buy local year-round and actually do it. I mean, it's like we can up here in Washington because we're in a rural area where we have a lot of farmers. We get raw milk here and we get dairy products. In fact, we just got a pig so what would you, what, what would you, let's butcher just, it and let's, we got it in the just, freezer. It's like a 200 pounds of pork meat. So let's, let's just say that um, uh, this depression comes, money's tight, 
there is no money or the money that you had is... is uh, or it could be a hyperinflation. Don't it, forget that. Uh, it could be either way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what too skill, much money. What skill are you going to use? What trade are you going to have to get your fresh milk and uh, and your chickens and uh, and your other food supplies? What is John C. Dvorak going to use? Well, there's a couple of things you should note about uh, if you look into uh, economic downturns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a number of businesses that always flourish. The okay. restaurant businesses do well. In fact, in 1933, I think more restaurants were open in the United States uh, that year than ever, than any time previous in any one single year. Right. Uh, in fact, some of those places stayed in business until it, deep into the 70s and 80s. Sure. This, well, because you're providing food, and whenever someone has you know some some coin, they you know it's probably right. easier to go buy some food that's prepared. So, so being in the food service business is a good one. Mm-hmm. But curiously, uh, one uh, profession that usually does quite well during a downturn is is writers. Yeah. How about entertainment in general? Is doesn't is entertainment, entertainment in, general? in general does very well? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, so you got writing. You know, if you think about it, these are things that get people to think about something else. Food you have to have. So food's always a big deal. So being a farmer is a, is a winner. Uh, running a restaurant, having a deli is a, is a good thing. Mm, uh, right, so you have that. access yeah. to the yeah. to the infrastructure yeah, yeah. of food distribution itself. Shit, you're already set up, man. You are a true survivalist. I hadn't even thought about <laughs> the deli. Up. Yeah, you're set. Anyway, then, you, yeah. you've got your ducks in a row, Dvorak. Liking that. <laughs> And so, uh, so you have that. That's always important. And then you have, and then this, this other elements like being in entertainment. You know, it usually does very well. You don't make as much money as you did in this other eras, but you survive very easily and you do well. And then being a writer for some reason, because I think people need to read and write, and they need to mostly read about trying to understand what's going on around them. And, you, and there's you know no shortage of punditry. Right. Uh, once you've established yourself, people will see what you have what you have to think about. You know, what is, right. what does this idiot think? <laughs> yeah, right. And they read it. Oh, that guy, that's interesting. Did you read what this guy said? Yeah, yeah, I read it. The guy's an asshole. I mean, that's basically <laughs> the response I get to everything. But they still still reading it. So I mean, that's yeah. the main thing. And uh, no matter what they think, and then there's probably some other ancillary things that are uh, safe. Uh, yeah. Does it help people with manufacturing? Who's on? Who, you know, who relied on being on the assembly line? But I think handmade products and and uh, uh, things think, like that. Do you think should, uh, my airplane and pilot skills will be of any use? Maybe mm. to you. <laughs> uh, okay. No, you're an entertainer. I mean, it's not going to. You're not. You know, you're. Oh, and you keep up with technology. So whatever is happening, the technology scene is not going to uh, go backwards. It's, you have the internet now, so there's new opportunities that people can make money by. You know. Exploiting it in some way, shape, or form. There's a lot of new businesses that start. I mean, I'm just. I mean, it's not. I mean, because you it's know, not World War Three. You know, Yeah, that would be different. No, but remember, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I do not believe in a global thermonuclear war. I don't, I don't see that happening. But um, what I grew up. The images that I grew up with of the of the Great Depression is Little House on the Prairie. I mean, so that that's basically my image of it, and I think a whole generation of me like that. You know, that's kind of what we envision. Yeah, well, if you were on the prairie, I suppose that's the way it would have been. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you're in a, a small mansion in Guilford, remember, in the British then, Isles. Yeah, then there's the other side, which is like Escape from New York. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is this is what we've grown, my generation has grown up with these images. Oh man, they had uh, was that on Mad D- Max? Don't was that, on, that was on Dvorak dot org slash blog, I think. The um, the new radar imaging. Oh, I haven't seen uh, that. I'm sorry, posted. radar ra- X ray. The uh, the X the the new. It it was in connection with the TSA headquarters now being called the Freedom Center. Oh yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and, and Freedom the Freedom Center. Yeah, so, McCullough, who's our uh, who's our um, seems to be our most left wingish of the group, <laughs> uh, went nuts and posted a whole bunch of stuff. But that one, I mean, that was great because you, for the first time, I'm seeing these full body scans of this new X-ray that they've installed in at, at I guess a couple airports. I don't know if it's rolled out wide yet. And, you know, it's like you standing in your underwear, basically. Yeah. But it reminds me of exactly like one of the Terminator movies. When you walk past security and you see like the skeleton, right? And you see anything else that's trapped in. And we're there. We're living in fucking Terminator. That technology has been around for a while. And did you see, I I think I sent it to you, the, the YouTube video about the TSA with their new badges. I guess, no, I guess I didn't. Yeah, the TSA. No, well, normally the TSA has a patch, which says, uh, you know, uh, if they're a TSO, a transportation security officer. Now they've been given badges, an actual like a police badge. Oh, please. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm telling you. And there were people, and they gave them out like in an awards. This that's what the video is of. They gave them out like a an awards ceremony. They called up each officer. These so they're screening officers, right? They sit there and they yell at you to take your laptop out of your bag. They're calling them. They're calling <laughs> now they're them cops. Up. They're yeah, exactly. They're fucking cops now. They call them up one by one. You know, uh, team leader, blah, blah, blah. Uh, transportation security officer Jones, come on up. And then, and then the guy ceremoniously pins the badge on them. And then they interviewed people, a couple of these, t- you know, these uh, screening officers later. And they were like so proud that they had this badge. And finally they felt like they really meant something in the, in Homeland Security. And they were crying, John. They were crying with how happy they were that they have this badge and the new uniform. And they looked like cops. So, the, so here's the deal. Tasers now, are next. Most, most people who carry badges around uh, or have them, they like to flash them uh, when they get pulled over by real police yeah. for speeding. Now, I know there's got to be a couple of cops out there who uh, listen to the show. And, 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 if we, and every, a lot of people out there know policemen. If anybody ever pulls over one of these jokers... And they flash their TSA badge, hoping to get all out of the ticket. You should just arrest them. Give them arrest them. Tickets. Arrest them. Arrest them on the spot and beat them. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, yeah, that is true, though. And actually, the TSA people themselves should should have said, "Is this in?" And you know what it was? It was in lieu of a raise. Oh, that's uh, that's a good point. It's like, oh, now here's a badge. You get a badge because you're so, you know, stupid that we'll give you a badge instead of more money. I think they already made pretty good money. They get all up about it. I think they already made pretty good money. I mean, it's fine. I mean, but I mean, I don't like seeing badges on every jerk off that works for the government. Why don't we just have everybody get a badge? We should just marginalize the whole concept of a badge. Well, let's have some badges at Mevio. I think, you know, (laughs) let's just have a Mevio badge. You you and Ron can have a big gold one and give everybody else a silver badge. Sheriff Star. Sheriff Star. That's what I want. (laughs) Get a Sheriff Star and then it's a Mevio boss. You know. When uh, when we lived in New Jersey, 
I, um, I'd been pulled over like three or four times by the same cop for speeding in this one particular spot where it's, I think I was like 20 instead of 30 or whatever. And, uh, I won't say his name. Um, and then, you know, but I got friendly with him cause he let me off every single time. He said, Hey man, you should come uh, work out with us. Like, um, okay. And he was, you know, maybe 50, 53 or something like that. And said, yeah, and you can hang out with the other guys that are from the fire department and, uh, uh, all right. And, you know, then it, and so it happened like I got stopped too many times for me to like no longer actually go and work out with them. And, and you know, I don't exactly have the physique of a guy who works out. Um, so I started working out with him and, uh, and actually I, uh, it's, I should show some pictures. It actually kind of worked on me and I, I should do that again one day. I should get back into it. But, uh, you know, got really, uh, you know, was friendly with these guys, particularly this one cop and we had a babysitter. Um, for when we, uh, either be on trip or whatever. And, uh, see, we had, uh, she would often be there. She really was more like a house sitter. But then this guy also knew her because, you know, just of the association. And when we were gone, we were out of the country, he would park in front of the house and call her up and say, and she was, um, heavy, big bone, shall we say. And he would say, uh, hey, baby, you know, I, I take care of a lot of the big women in this town. Uh, why don't you let me in? And that really changed my perception of the, the, I mean, of course, not all cops are like this, but that, that was scary. Yeah. Well, you know, welcome to the, uh, world of some cops. Yeah. But that badge thing, it, it has a lot to do with it, man. I think there's a, you know, ugh. Yeah, no, these guys will be flashing that badge left and right. But I don't think they'll be just walking be... around town with the badge. You know, I mean, I think the real police have to be very annoyed by annoyed, this sort of thing. Absolutely, but but I I have a feeling, John, that I think we're going to see actual behavior change in the in the TSA staff. I you watch, I, they're going to start being a little bit more militaristic. Well, you know, at some of the airports, it's already. You know, the weird thing is in the in the smaller podunk airports is where the guys are the worst. You know, there's like nobody. There's the chance of any terrorist even passing through some of these little towns is zero. And these guys are all they're all stuffy about everything, and they're really formal, and and they're all you know big shots, and they're making people do this and take their shoes off. And then the worst part about it, which really bothers me to know because I do fly out of small airports every so often mm. is the passive docility of the locals who just think it's so cool to get this kind of attention because they're flying from you know Wichita to you know bumfuck North Dakota <laughs> and they just think it's cool that they have to take off their shoes you know and then their old Jim you know in his wheelchair has to take his shoes off and they have to carry him drag him through the the metal detector and he just thinks this is fine <laughs> Yeah, it's not fine. It's so wrong in so many ways. But anyway, so that's, uh, yeah, you run into, uh, it's it's actually annoying, to say the least. But I've actually had, haven't had any real bad experiences recently because I'm flying on, uh, like, uh, when you fly Virgin America, they, since they were a new carrier, they're always in some screw like in San Francisco, they're in the in the international terminal where they don't belong, right. and they're at the far end of this. This it's got to be one of the worst terminals in the world, by the way. They just built this thing new. You can't find anything in there. You don't know where. Which, you know, which terminal horrible. is this? Which terminal? Which the airport? international terminal at SFO. 
yeah. was built recently. They closed the original one, which was fine and dandy. The original one worked just great. It, it didn't, what's they don't have what's that wrong? I fly traffic. out of that all the time. There's nothing wrong with that terminal. It's fantastic. No, it's a piece of crap, and I'll tell you why. If you're walking down toward the end where you get to the A gates, which you're talking about for the Virgin America stuff, yeah, look on those into those areas where all the ticketing is, and tell me if you could even guess where your Air China flight is checking in. There's no signage. There's no indication any place. When you're checking, I mean, you have in? to literally wander around like you're in Vietnam. By the way, this is the last airport I ran into that you had to do this in in Saigon or Ho Chi Minh City. You had to literally go from counter to counter, looking up at the little monitors up there to see what airline was checking in where, because there was no signage anywhere. And that's where this crappy terminal is. Yeah, if you're flying in and out on, uh, you know, you know where your thing is, it's fine. But if you just go in there casually and see where, find out where the Lufthansa flight to Frankfurt is checking in. Huh. Just by wandering around, you had you can't find it. Huh. Okay, I don't have that problem. I mean, there's a there's a there's yeah, because people, you're not taking a variety of flights. Yeah, but you, 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 you pull are, up you've been the, there a the sign on the outside of the terminal where you where you're dropped off says you know this is where the the check in is for these airlines, and that's it. And yeah, you but go you and go you walk in ahead. there. Oh, it's geez. it's not the case. It's not like a, it's not like the ticket. The ticketing at the international airport or the international terminal, terminal whatever the hell it is, has where you get out of the car and you go right to the ticketing. That's not what it is at that part of the airport. You have to go through. You have to go around and through a through a, up to the escalators and over to a, a spot where there's you know it's just a random thing. It's unbelievable. The thing is, I've got I took take I have to post some movies. It's the worst place I've ever been. Well, I have a very different experience. And, and it's huge. I'll walk you through with it. So I, I, walk with me through the through that terminal next time sure. you're in town. Well, I also invite you to come and enjoy Gatwick Airport, okay? <laughs> we'll see what you think is really bad, I've my friend. Gatwick. Ah. Ay, ay, ay. It's worse than Gatwick. Gatwick does have... And it's ugly, too. Gatwick does have the new uh, Dyson hand Dyson. dryers. Have you have you accounted yeah. have you uh, come across these yet? You know Dyson, the guy yeah. who remade the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, and he has these. He, so you know the traditional yeah. blow dryer where you you hit the button and you rub your you lightly, lightly but rapidly button. rub your hands underneath the uh, scolding hot air yeah. until hands are dry. So he's got this thing. You stick both your hands into this like slot. It's uh, it's like a kind of a wide, but it's like a mail slot. And within three seconds, your hands are dry. It's an amazing. It's like a suction blowing experience, and 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 your hands are dry. Three seconds. Huh? It's the kind of thing you want at home. Do you stick your hands? You have to push a button. You can't. You can't. No, no, push, no it's you a have photo, to push a button and uh, shoot your hands in. No, it has a, a you know photoelectric sensor, sensor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because those other things are unsanitary. Yeah, they're nasty. You know, you gotta yeah, you, yeah, get you gotta to, press you the to... button that everyone's hands been on the button. Right, and their hands have been in you know whatever. <laughs> covered with your feces and urine because they're you know they just and so they bang the thing and ugh, I got to tell terrible. you I, I am not a fan of a uh, of uh, men's bathrooms at airports dude that's pretty nasty well, <laughs> well it's not apparently nothing like the women's I've never bathrooms. been into these bathrooms because <laughs> I was warned years ago don't go into the bathrooms at a at a uh, European train station oh no oh horrible. <laughs> It's like no, no, don't go into those bathrooms ever. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the best thing that could happen to you is you f you find George Michael there, but 
<laughs> well, poor guy. You hear about that? That he got busted again yeah. in a bathroom. This guy's got a problem. Well, Patricia and I were talking about that, and well, on the, you know, so not, unfortunately, it's not just marijuana. They say that he also had crack, which is that's that's a that's a pretty bad sign. Um, so but, he was in smoking crack in a bathroom I, looking for some no, guy. To... No, I, I don't know if he was smoking anything uh, or at least <laughs> any drugs uh, in the bathroom. But you know, this is a part, a big part of um, a particular uh, form of gay lifestyle. Is this bathroom cruising? It's uh, it's it's pretty big. Hmm. Soon to be an Olympic sport, I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> so he got caught again. It's it's jeez. <laughs> oh man, I wonder. Uh, you know, he, he was one of the you know people forget this, but remember that's I don't even remember the the name of the song. He did the song with, that had a video of Tony Blair being uh, George Bush's lap dog. Do you remember that video? That music video? It was no, I don't. It was in, I think it was right after, maybe it was 2003, right, right after we um, invaded Iraq. And he made this, uh, this real big political statement and everybody slammed. I mean, I don't think his career actually, I mean, he's done his tours and everything, but he's been pretty much persona non grata um, in a lot of mainstream because of that. Huh. Uh, and, and, of course, everyone was laughing at him at the time, and he turns out to be absolutely right. And I think that pushed him over the edge, or what? Something, something happened from that moment on. But people forget that I thought he, he was getting busted left and right in bathrooms way before that. No, that happened. In, it happened before that. I mean, that happened. I think in '99, maybe. But that was that might have been a setup. I don't know. Look, I don't know. I'm sorry. I I, I stopped following George Michael's career a long time ago. Yeah. Well. I didn't even know he was gay until he was busted that first time. <laughs> you're kidding me. No. No, you're well, kidding was not me. A, I wasn't a fan of the band. I mean, no, I he's not a band. George Michael's name. not a band. He's just no, a guy. No, but he was, wasn't he the lead singer for Queen for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> this is probably what I sound like to you when I'm talking about uh, <laughs> about people, <laughs> the economy collapsing and people dying is when you you say... Wasn't George Michael in Queen? Yeah. Okay. Well, like you said, I don't know. I mean, I don't follow the guy's career. It's not the. It's that's not that that style of music is nothing I like. Wham! Wham was the name of the band. Oh, it was Wham! Wham! Well, yeah, Freddie, Mer Wham. Freddie Mercury was um, Queen, and he's dead. He's gay. He, yes, and he's dead. Oh, right. I knew that. Yeah. I think I knew all this. I just don't really care. <laughs> well, useless 80s and 90s trivia is what I'm all about, John, because that's me. Yeah, well, you were in that my business, period. kind of. Yeah, no, more than kind of. That's funny, though. I got to remember that. George Michael. George Michael. <laughs> I never liked that band, George Michael. What, didn't he? Wasn't he the, wasn't he the lead singer of Queen? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, you have, you have to have your get your shot in once in a while. <laughs> in between the flying saucers, <laughs> I haven't said anything about the flying saucers. <laughs> I'm just waiting quietly for the 14th of October. Yeah, just... yeah, you'll be waiting on the 15th and on the 16th. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know, I looked at you know I, I, we did mention this I think, but I, I looked at that that whole thing which is was commonly mentioned here and there. But everything that comes out by all these crackpots 
is and nutters <laughs> like is the fact that this sighting, this this saucer, whatever is supposed to arrive, is going to be in the southern hemisphere. Well, there's a whole the the the, the name Alabama, the state Alabama, the southern. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different variations to this. So I don't I don't know what that means. I would presume that if this is going to mean anything, it's got to show up and it's got to be clearly visible and it's got to be it's got to mean something, no matter where it pops up. I I would think. But of course, if it pops up in like China, it's it's going to be no good. <laughs> right? That's not that won't be enough proof. That'll be no good. It has, it well, has or that pop, or Siberia, that wouldn't work out. It either. has to pop up in America, otherwise, it just won't. It just won't suffice. Well, you know, the, why would the aliens want to prefer America when they, they they've had a warm welcome in Russia, apparently. Yeah. Well, you, know, you can read Russian newspapers and there'll be mentions of, you know, especially the grays casually walking around town. <laughs> yeah. But the grays aren't the good guys. The grays are not they're kind of opportunistic uh, aliens. Well, that makes sense then, the Russians and all. Yeah. No, these are the Pleiadians. Yeah, okay. And, and so what and, else is going on? <laughs> that's it, man. I I don't have, you know, We've been through just about everything. That's all that. That's all that I'm really interested in at the moment. You're just preoccupied with these, with this, with the bottom here. Well, <laughs> not with the bottom. I'm just you know, this. I just don't take it for granted. This is historic stuff, and I want to make sure that uh, you know Grandpa Adam can uh, say, "Well, I remember. I remember when it all came down." You know, I and 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 maybe we should uh, watch this stuff so that uh, we learn from it. So we got to learn something from it. But I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, um, what's the what am I what am I looking to say here? Uh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that you actually um, predict uh, such a bad economic downturn. Yeah, but that's right. not tomorrow. I know it's not tomorrow, but, you know, so what are we going to do? Sit around and wait until it happens or just let it happen slowly? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get ready for it and do something. Well, you already are getting ready for it. You've got your, your, your hold up. Yeah, but I can now I need to. weird stuff. You've got to borrow gold. I need a deli. <laughs> You're like the only guy I know that actually now has a whole bar of gold. Dude, you'd be amazed. I am not the only guy who has that. <laughs> I am not the only guy who has that. Uh, but, but I, I, you know, well. So, what does a bar of gold sell for? Take you a guess. Get it? Well, I mean, I could do the calculation. I just have to bring the calculator up. Yeah, go but, ahead. I'd like. Would you mind? And then that'll be the last thing we do on the show. Well, you let's see. How many it, ounces in a pound? Or how many ounces in a kilo? Here, hold on. Let me go to the. I got. I, see, go I can't do this because you have American pounds and then you have British pounds and then you have uh, European. Well, no, you're going to do it by kilos. Yeah. So we're going to take, uh, we're going to go to Dvorak.org slash home.htm and go to the converter, which oh, is a converting a oh. tool. Oh, this is a secret little site we have here. Hold on. Dvorak. Go to the converting tool. And we're talking about, this is what do you say, two kilos? What, home.htm or HTML? Uh, home.htm. Dvorak.org slash home.htm. What are you, running on a Windows server? And you go down to uh, reference and special sites and click on yeah. converters. Wow, this is a great site, John. With the converters? No, just your uh, your Dvorak. Oh, the home. home. Yeah, it's a good, lot of good links. 
and if they're all great. Okay. So you go to mass and weight conversion, and mm-hmm. then you click on, uh, you find kilograms, and you have two kilos. Then you hit the tab key, and it converts it to all kinds of stuff. So we're looking 12, for... 12 kilos. Per ounce. How many kilos? 12. Two. 12. You bought 12 kilos? It's a t- That's what the bar weighs. Oh, the bar weighs 12 kilos. Okay. Yes. All right, good. All right, 12 kilos. And I mean, that's, so that's, that, that should uh, be enough data for you to figure it out, right? Well, yeah, because now I just go to ounces, which is 423.3 ounces. I bring up the calculator and, and take 423.3, right. multiply right. it by, uh, what was the going, what's the latest price? Say, let's just say 900 bucks. Uh, okay. Fair enough. So that baby cost $380,000. It's around that region, yeah. That's a nice piece of piece of gold. <laughs> it's not at home. Do not come to my home. It is not here. <laughs> but, it's not at home. I wouldn't think. It is now, not here. See. Now, because we're at the bottom, you paid probably, you will say something like this. Uh, and now the gold there. is I actually mean, probably only worth... Uh, but you're there. You, you've already... $400. No, yeah, I mean, the act, you mean what is actually worth? A couple hundred thousand dollars in that bar of gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you'll have the gold, and it will be worth again nine hundred someday. Yeah, and it's cool. That's... Well, it's not that cool if you can't if you don't have it in the house, so people can lift it up. Well, only certain friends get to hold my gold. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool. Just whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I'd never, I'd never held a, a bar of gold, and I'm like, wow, man, this is like heavier and bigger than I thought it would be. Oh, was it bigger than you thought? Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you know, again, what have I been watching? Oceans eleven, twelve, and thirteen. I mean, that that's my reference for for the world. Right, people are tossing bars of gold <laughs> yeah, around it's like, like here, Brad Pitt, catch this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Okay. Call me crazy, if you will. Call me kooky. Well, you are kooky. Ah, it's something to do. Crazy like a fox. Something to do. Uh, so, uh, Are you going to do another uh, Andrew Horowitz uh, call? Well, not. Uh, we don't have anything planned. Oh, it's, it's just that Horowitz will call me once in a while, ranting about some crazy thing, and I say, well, uh, let's get this down on tape. And uh, yeah. we record it, and then I just post it. All right. No, it was good. It's not produced. No, not it was, produced. No, but it was cool. I liked it. Man. I think it's going to, you know, the, the what's happening, you know, is I think it's going to blow over in a week or so. So we'll probably do two more of those, and that'll be the end of that. And we'll go do what we're supposed to do. Okay. Help people invest. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad Leo didn't invite me to be on Twitter again this week because I just can't concentrate on technology right now. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, I'm not going to be working this on Twitch. I never get invited anymore. I don't know why. I bitch about it, but they, they don't pay really? attention oh, to me. You actually speak up on my behalf? That's nice. All the time. Really? I appreciate that. Well, anyway, I don't know. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm too wacky. Well, you know, you'd come and do Cranky Geeks once in a while. It would be make up for it. Good point. Okay, well, I'm coming out again soon. So we'll set it up. All right. Okay, John, Deal. good talking to you. You're supposed to say, yeah, it was fun. Nice talking to you. It was a, it was a ball. <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation East.
in uh, Guilford. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm up in Washington State, Git, the Gitmo Nation, Pacific Northwest. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda.